Well, I was watching my favorite CBS procedural crime drama, The Wisdom of Crowds, starring Jeremy Piven, when, lo and behold, I appeared on screen, and wow, it was surreal. Well, <laughs> I'm joking a little bit here. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, and I've never really been into the uh, you know, CSI-type uh, shows, but um, I was informed a couple days ago that this new uh, drama on CBS, the hour-long show, uh, which is called The Wisdom of Crowds, and uh, they did an episode called User Bias, which is available online, legally speaking. I, I actually watch it on the CBS app on my iPad. You can get it at other places, and I, you know, if you want to, go out and watch it. Uh, but they did an episode effectively on the alt-right and on me. It was a uh, Romain Aklef, um, which basically means that it was clearly about me and the alt-right in Charlottesville, but they flipped around the names and the details, and they kind of mixed it all up, and they gave it lots of little twists and things like that. Uh, so, you know, it was an artistic representation of me and the alt-right and, and lots of people's, you know, interest and concerns and, and collective freakouts, you know, surrounding all of that stuff. Um, I am, I'm going to talk about this episode and I am going to spoil it because in order to, to, to say what I, I want to say about it, I'm going to, I'm going to reveal some of the plot twists and things like that. Uh, it's been out for a few days, so if you really want to watch it, then by all means, find it online. It, it's, to be honest, it, it's not great. It's not bad uh, either. Uh, it is what it is. You know, it's kind of interesting to watch this stuff, even if you're not really into uh, crime dramas. <laughs> uh, so don't let me spoil it for you. But if you're not going to watch it or you've already seen it or you've already learned the plot, then here we go. Um, now, I made a joke on Twitter when I first learned of it and I saw an image of it that I was very concerned that the, uh, the actor portraying me, Jeff Newberg, uh, wasn't handsome enough. <laughs> you know, and, and as, as we all expect, you know, when, um, when Hollywood makes a, a movie or a TV show about us, you know, uh, we expect all these, like, really beautiful people to, to depict us, you know, but... Uh, you know, that was a joke, and I actually want to take back the joke. Uh, it, it, you know, it was what it was, but uh, I, 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 watched, that was, I said that joke before I had seen the entire episode. And after watching the entire episode, I actually really liked what Jeff Newberg uh, did. Um, he, this was a complicated story, and he actually depicted his own ambivalence and hesitation and kind of inner tragedy uh, in a really good way. So I, I think he is a good actor, and um, I was very happy with what he did. So I take back the joke, and after all, it was just a joke. Uh, but anyway, um, basically, the show, um, it, th this is the premise. So the show is, again, it's a typical CBS crime procedural, which people really love these, this stuff. You know, there's, there's some evil crime and then you know these very good looking young um you know either police officers or, or or you know alternative investigators 
um, you know, start to look into things and, you know, there's, there's usually a plot twist and maybe a love affair thrown in or something like that. Um, and so the, uh, the premise of the show is that Jeremy Piven, who I remember uh, from way back in the mid-90s, I remember he did PCU, which I remember, uh, it's kind of a forgotten comedy. It was, it was like an Animal House spinoff in a way, uh, that he was, he was in that, and it was basically about political correctness at universities. And uh, Jeremy Piven's this guy who, it's like he, he's now like 25 years older, but he looks exactly the same as he, as he did when he was like in his late 20s or something. Anyway, uh, but uh, basically Jeremy Piven, um, you know, pretty major actor actually, he is playing a Silicon Valley billionaire. And um, his daughter is murdered. And they've caught the person whom the police think is responsible, but he doesn't believe them. And so he creates this website. I, I think it is a website, effectively, that is like Google and Facebook and YouTube and some other things all, all combined into one. And basically, it, it's this, this idea that they're going to upload just all, every inf bit of information you can imagine. And they'll create these algorithms with these, you know, adorably nerdy guys who work in his, you know, big exposed brick loft office. They're going to create these algorithms and discover who, you know, who the murderer is and so on. So it's, it's actually kind of an intriguing uh, premise. Um, it, you know, I, I have to say it is done in a kind of bit of a ham-fisted way. Like, there'll they'll be these scenes. Again, this is the only episode I've seen. But there'll, there'll be these scenes where they're like, it's a troll storm, it's a troll storm. And then they'll have a, a screen and all these images are flashing up. But, you know, it's, it's like they, they're trying to visualize uh, technology and, and web behavior. And, and I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know maybe of a better way to do it. But it, it, it seems a bit goofy. Um, I think, you know, these dramas like this are probably aimed at an older you know, you know, normie, let's say, American audience. And so, you know, what, what can we expect? But basically, here is the plot. So there is a, um, a, uh, a Charlottesville-like event, although this one takes place in San Francisco, and it is a, um, a protest against uh, San Francisco's sanctuary city policies. And in it, um, the, it, it things go more or less like Charlottesville, not well, not quite to be honest. Uh, basically, uh, a person who is clearly playing me or or a, a you know a kind of take on me, um, it goes up there and speaks. There are tiki torches. There's there are people in you know white polos and khakis and signs, and there's you know conflict. And um, and then basically all hell breaks loose, and so the the whole the, the, the protest is scuttled. And actually, one of Jeremy Piven's, um, I believe his last name's Tanner, I, I think in the drama, one of his ass assistants, really good-looking English woman, um, she was actually, she's like a peaceful counter-protester, so she was actually like trying to stop Antifa from physically assaulting people, and then she got arrested in the process, but a video, like someone's random, you know, uh, you know, video of this whole incident actually proved her innocence. So this was kind of like the start of the show where, you know, don't always believe what you see. And that is actually very, very true. Um, I, I would say this in terms of the James Fields situation. Um, 
I'm not saying this in, in the sense that I assume James Field is is 100% innocent, uh, but I also don't assume that he's 100% guilty. And, and the fact is, uh, when I first saw those images of uh, of the, the the car incident uh, from Charlottesville, I mean, yeah, it, it did look like uh, a murderous action to me. Uh, as I see other in, um, images and other video. Uh, the, the whole story becomes much, much more ambiguous. And I, I won't go into that now, but I, I, I would encourage everyone to take this little lesson in, um, uh, you know, for, from this television show seriously and actually uh, look into these, look into the Charlottesville case. Uh, it is deeply complicated and we owe it to people, even if they did something wrong, we owe it to them to look into to, to, to look into the case, to do a serious investigation, offer them a fair trial, etc. And I would say that about Antifa members too. Um, there are some bad images of Antifa. Well, that might not be the whole story. And uh, I would grant them the, uh, the right to have a fair investigation too. Anyway, so as the, as the, uh, the drama unfolds, so the... Um, the, uh, the, the Charlottesville-like rally was scuttled. And uh, then the next morning, uh, some this person, his name is um, uh, Brant Davis, I believe. I'll just go with that. Um, and he was, uh, he is found dead with two bullet holes in his chest the next morning in a uh, secluded alleyway. And basically everyone assumes that this was either done by the Antifa or it was done by, you know, an illegal immigrant. You know, it's, you know, one of these people that Trump talked about, you know, the murderer is the rapist. Um, and so there is a moral dilemma for the people of, of the, the group, this, this special investigative unit. It's called Sophie. It's run by Jeremy Piven. And they're going to investigate crimes using the, you know, total lack of privacy that we have now on the, on the web. And uh, so basically there's this moral dilemma where should you actually investigate this crime? And indeed, by investigating it in this transparent, open manner, are you uh, putting people's lives in jeopardy? So if, if a suspect does emerge because this issue is so politically charged, are, you know, is the alt-right or white nationalist element, are they going to start attacking uh, the suspect? You know, uh, do you have a moral obligation not to put the suspect's name out there because you're putting him in danger? You know, look, uh, this stuff is kind of, uh, you know, freshman year philosophy type <laughs> type ethical quandaries. Um, you know, whatever. It's a TV show. Uh, you know, I'm fine with it. At least the, the least one could say is that the, the television show really was trying to uh, to 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 offer a ethical dilemma, and they weren't simply indulging in a murder fantasy. This was not just an exploitation episode, television episode. It, it was an attempt to to create a real drama, and so I actually appreciate that. Um, I you know there are a couple people who when they first learned about this episode they they said oh you should they, they basically said you shouldn't go full laura loomer but you should at least be a little bit loomery and and start complaining about you know the fact that hollywood is depicting your death you know they want you dead they they, they love violence against you you know you should complain about this well i'm not going to complain about it 
Um, you know, it, it might be true that the writers, maybe actors of this program, uh, really don't like me, and they they kind of they've had certain fantasies about um, violence against me. They've retweeted the punch or whatever. That very well might be true. Uh, but the fact is, the actual show itself, uh, as I said before, was a real attempt, if not a wildly successful or artistic one, it was a real attempt to depict an ethical quandary uh, about violence and politics and, and the polarization of society and race and all that kind of stuff. So basically, I don't have any problem with artistic representation of violence. Now, I might dislike a total, you know, exploitation, you know, almost snuff film type stuff. I, I, I certainly don't like that. But if a, a show or a film is trying to honestly discuss this vexing question of political violence, then I don't have any problem with it. If we go back to the Shakespeare in the Park, Julius Caesar, Laura Loomer fiasco, uh, my major problem with that was that it, it was stupid and in a way it was anti-art. Um, Laura Loomer disrupted uh, the free expression of artists who were putting on a production. And she was claiming that this justified violence against the right because this Julius Caesar production depicted the death of Julius Caesar, which is in the script. But Julius Caesar was was effectively Donald Trump. It was again, it was another Romana Clef, the 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 leader who the the actor playing Julius Caesar was clearly dressed as Donald Trump. Uh, now. My major problem with that is, is sure, maybe that you could say that's in bad taste or, or it, it, it's disturbing. Maybe that's true. Uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, but the fact is, the, that play is ultimately the tragedy of Julius Caesar. That play is about political dysfunction. It's about the terrible problem that results from the assassination of Julius Caesar slash Donald Trump. I mean, the it's called the tragedy of Julius Caesar. It could be called the tragedy of Brutus, the tragedy of Cassius. could even kind of be called the tragedy of Mark Antony, even though he survives, because all of those people are, are transformed and, and, and harmed and, and changed in some way uh, due to that political murder. Uh, so, you know, it's equivocal. I mean, you, you could look at that play, the Julius Caesar Trump production, and claim that it's actually against political assassination. It really is all about how you view it. And the same could be said about this uh, Wisdom of the Crowds uh, episode that depicted the violent murder of someone who, again, looks and, and talks and acts a lot like me. Uh, so I don't have a problem with it. Uh, the fact is that show did not indulge in violence against me. It depicted violence against someone like me as a real ethical quandary, and it by no means endorsed it. Uh, so what basically happens in this production is that uh, my character uh, actually has um, an incurable uh, cancer. I think it was patriotic cancer. And they learn this by, you know, doing all this kind of uh, 
uh, you know, using Sophie and, and doing all this web search. And they're like, all right, we're going we're gonna to look at user bias. So let's factor out the extremes and the truth will come out in the middle or something. I mean, it, it, it's kind of stupid in terms of what an algorithm actually is or, or how you get to the truth. It's kind of dumb in both ways, but whatever. Uh, so they, so they, they filter out the bias. And then they learned that um, the, the character, uh, Brant Davis, actually has incurable cancer. He's, he's been um, visiting this, um, uh, you know, kind of alternative high-end uh, treatment center. And, uh, and then, so new, the whole story, it, it flips around. You can kind of look at it in new ways. There was also one suspect who looks like an Antifa member, who looks like an illegal immigrant, and so they arrested him. They, they were questioning him. They thought he probably did it. But actually, they found that he was trying to prevent me from being murdered uh, because he knew that that would look really bad for the cause of immigrant rights or something. So he, he was a kind of, you know, anti-fascist with a heart of gold. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think most Antifa are like that, but whatever, it's TV. Uh, but anyway, so they, they learned that, I, that my character, this, uh, you know, Brant Davis has cancer. And, um, and so, the, and then they go and look at some of these other statements that he's made. And the actor with a lot of, with a kind of consternation on his face and an expression of ambivalence, he said that, you know, people like Gandhi or Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, they became legends because they lost their life. And they actually never accomplished anything in terms of direct policy, but they became bigger than life because they, they ultimately sacrificed themselves for a cause. And that, that, is, that, that is inherently noble, as, as, uh, as, as in Blade Runner 2049, which I saw last night again, um, you know, the most human thing one could do is to sacrifice one's life for something greater. And um, so uh, the character, Brant Davis, recognizes this, and he knows that he has incurable cancer, and so he, he is basically willing to sacrifice himself. And so what happened is that the, the Davis character was not murdered by Antifa, he was not murdered by um, a, a legal immigrant or something, but he, it was a staged murder, um, actually by his wife, uh, who uh, I, I think, again, I think they were picking up on certain details of my life. I, I think his wife had a Russian accent. I think that's what they were going for, but the actress um, was kind of struggling. Uh, she had a kind of nondescript foreign accent, which, which sounded uh, Russian at times, German at other times, and like Spanish at other times. I don't, I don't know what exactly she was trying to achieve, probably Russian. Uh, but anyway, so um, Brandt made a, a, uh, a, 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 an agreement with his wife that she was going to kill him, and then he would become larger than life. And then actually the, the team figures this out, and they, they bring this to Brandt's wife. But Brandt's wife actually stays firm and says, I'm willing to go to jail for this. Uh, he needs to remain a legend, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and then at the end, um, they have a... Uh, a television show that I think is probably an Alex Jones, you know, satire. Although the guy kind of sounds like Rush Limbaugh, but it was probably Alex Jones. And but um, in this worldview of uh, of the left, uh, Alex Jones and the alt right are just like hand and glove, basically. You know, we're we're best buds. And so, someone who kind of looks like Nathan Damigo, I think that's probably the person who inspired this. Or although this actor is uh, much much taller. 
<laughs> just sorry, just kidding. That was a, a cheap shot. But uh, anyway, someone who I, I think might have been a, a parody of Nathan Demigo is on there with Alex Jones. They're friends, you know, and they say, oh, this doesn't add up. There's a conspiracy. I think the elite did this or whatever. Um, anyway, uh, basically, you know, it, it was a, you know, pot boiler plot. Um, the, the show I, it wasn't that great, uh, to be honest, but, you know, the fact that our movement is taking center stage in the way that the American public, and again, only normies watch a show like this. These are, this is not an alt-right show. It's not an Antifa show. It's not a left intellectual show. This is a normie show. The fact that we are how normies are thinking about that issue of free speech, uh, thinking about that issue of polarization and demographic change and race and political violence and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that's ultimately a good thing. Uh, we want to be part of the conversation. Um, and, you know, I don't appreciate it when people indulge in violent fantasies about me. Um, I, I don't, I, you know, I can't see that as sound or, or, or moral. Uh, the fact is, I don't think this show was a, a violent exploitation film. Um, I don't think this show is encouraging violence against me or anyone else, actually. If anything, it's probably discouraging it. Um, and, it, you know, in terms of, you know, may, maybe you could say, oh, this is also making Richard Spencer look bad because he's he's kind of sinister. He was willing to engage in all these machinations to make himself, you know, a larger-than-life icon by, by effectively committing suicide and but claiming it's political murder and blaming on people. Uh, sure, but, uh, you know, on the other hand, it actually got at a, a kind of idealism within everything I've done within the alt-right in the sense that uh, we are willing to sacrifice quite a bit for this cause, we understand that what we're doing is not just about twisting a knob or pulling a lever and changing, you know, some little cute policy thing or, or getting some, you know, conservative elected to Congress or something. We're trying to engage in a long-term, substantial, cultural, psychological change. It did capture that idealism, and uh, that's also a good thing. Uh, so anyway, I'll just leave it here. Uh, I think it's, it's kind of cool to have, you know, been, 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 uh, depicted, you know, in a, in a television show. Uh, I think it, it, it also certainly demonstrates that the, the alt-right is, is here to stay. It's going to be part of the conversation for a long time. Um, but, uh, in terms of, you know, the wisdom of the crowds as a, as a work of art, I don't, I don't think it's a great work of art, but whatever, I'll take what I can get. Uh, anyway, uh, those are my thoughts. If you want to go watch the show, go for it. Uh, if, if you don't, you're not missing much. All right, talk to you later. Bye.